You may stand and I want you to welcome for the first time at City Harvest Church from San Francisco, California, Pastor John John Wilkins. John John, come on up. Amen, amen. Anybody excited to be in church today? Man, what, a, what an honor it is to be here. And um, I absolutely love your pastors. Pastors Bob and Sue are just amazing. They're heroes of ours. Uh, my wife, Elena, she actually grew up in their youth ministry here in Portland. And um, it was 1992 when Pastor Bob brought a missions team down to Brazil. And uh, it greatly impacted my life. And uh, a couple months later, I came up to Portland Bible College and uh, sat under his ministry, served the youth ministry at City Bible Church. And I went through all the youth ministry training that he offered back in the day. And I completely swagger jacked all of their dramas and skits from the mission strips that they would do. So the tree and creation and all the other ones. Anybody remember those from back in the 90s? A few of you. And uh, so we continued that legacy globally. It was amazing. And I absolutely love your pastors. They came to our church and Pastor Bob just rocked the house and they were right downtown San Francisco. There were folks strung out on meth, drunk people, and Pastor Bob just kept on preaching and prophesying, didn't, didn't mind it at all, and uh, we absolutely love them. Let's tell our pastors how much we love and appreciate them. They're incredible. Amazing. Love them. Thank you. Pastor Bob, thank you for the privilege of just being here, man. What an honor to be in your house and uh, love being with you. Thank you so much. And uh, man, what, a, what an amazing atmosphere around here, man. You guys know how to worship. You know how to pray. You know how to press in. You know how to pull on the, on the prophetic. There are like magnets throughout the auditorium, people just leaning in and pulling prophetically. And I feel you. <laughs> we can feel it. And uh, so good to be here. Hey, um, uh, my wife and I, we served as youth pastors for 16 years. And in 2012, the Lord sent us to plant a church in San Francisco. And we said, yes, Lord. And uh, the least church city in all of the USA. And uh, we went there right in the in the heart of the city, right downtown, and we prayed for eight months that the Lord would give us a building, and we couldn't find anything anywhere. Finally, with three weeks to go, right prior to our launch, uh, the Lord dropped a warehouse on our laps. Little did we know it was a porn studio. Hey, somebody. And uh, we walked in, and we believe in transparency, but not that kind of transparency. But um, our intercessors came, and we prayed, and the Lord just miraculously used that place to reach many people, and our church has grown. It's strong. It's healthy. God is doing something even in San Francisco. Amen. So thank you for your prayers that way. Hey, um, let me just preach a, a short word to exhort you. And uh, the topic or the title for this, uh, this, this sermon right here is, uh, When God Speaks, When God Speaks, because God is always speaking. He's always talking to us. The challenge is, can we hear his voice clearly? If you have your Bibles, go with me to Luke chapter 5, and uh, we'll read just a few verses together, and then we'll dive in. Luke chapter 5, verse 1, it says, One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds, they pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. And he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them there, and they were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push out into the water. So he sat in the boat, and he taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let your nets down to catch some fish. Verse 5, Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all of last night, and we didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, if you say so, another version says, but nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down the nets again. And this time, their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear, and a shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. And soon both boats, someone say all the churches, all the churches. 
<laughs> both, both boats were filled with fish on the verge of sinking. And when Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and he said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish that they had caught, as, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, they were also amazed. And Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and they followed Jesus. It's amazing here because in this passage here we see Simon or Simon Peter. He has this encounter with Jesus. And the Gospels kind of tell us a story from different angles. And when, when was it that Jesus first indeed met Peter? In this passage here, it seems as though there's not a connection yet. And Simon says, hey, listen, uh, thank you for the, the opportunity to, uh, to loan you my boat. Wink, wink. But um, uh, you want me to cast the nets out into the water again? Sir, you don't understand. We've been fishing all night and we've caught nothing. You're a carpenter's son. You're a great teacher. But we're the fishermen here, and you want me to do this again? Brother's tired. Got to go home and catch a nap. And, uh, but then something happens in his spirit. He, he says, but if you say so, or nevertheless, and they drop the nets into the water, and the miraculous happened. See, what, what he didn't realize is that Jesus wasn't just a great teacher. He's God. And he had just spoken his word, drop your nets, because the miraculous was just ahead of them. And it's amazing how oftentimes God will speak to us, but we don't recognize his voice. Now, I praise God that we live in a day and age where the Holy Spirit indwells us. And he continues to speak to us. And God will speak to us, obviously, through the word. The Bible is right here. The Bible finds us. There are seasons when we're, we're seeking the Lord, and we need, we need the Lord to speak to us. And we go to the word, and bam, a verse just jumps out at us. Like, wow, that's the word of the Lord for me right now. Have you ever had that happen to you before? Maybe through some prayer, you're just praying, you sense God speaking to you, or through the preached word, or through the prophetic ministry, even today, different things happening. And people even watching online, getting prophesied, getting a word from the Lord. That's amazing. That's amazing. How does God speak to us? I love, I love the Holy Spirit, how he indwells us. It says in 1 Corinthians 3.16 that we are the house or the temple of the Holy Spirit. God says, excuse me, coming through. And he comes in and he comes and lives inside of us. And the Holy Spirit continues to speak to us. And some of us, we hear from God very clearly. And some of us, it's kind of like, I know God talks. I just don't know what he sounds like. Don't raise your hand, but maybe that's you. My wife and I, she is way more spiritual than I am. She actually grew up in Pastor Bob's youth ministry. I didn't. So she's way more spiritual. She knows how to hear the voice of the Lord more clearly. And sometimes we go into our secret place to, to pray. And We'll spend some time seeking the Lord, and we'll come out, and she'll come out with like a big old book, and she'll have like all kinds of things that God just downloaded into her spirit. I might get one word. No. That's my word. And uh, so she'll have all this deep revelation of God speaking all these different things to her, like, God, that ain't fair. And God speaks to us in all in different ways, doesn't he? I had this lady once come to our church, and she says something like this, Pastor Bob. She says, man, I just feel the spirit of God like liquid fire going through me. I'm like, girl, that sounds like heartburn. <laughs> so I, I get that from time to time. We got some tums in the bag. But that's how the Holy Spirit was speaking to her. Some people, they get a picture. They're like, I just see this or I feel this. Or maybe there's, there's a word that drops in their spirit. Why is it that God talks to us in different ways? Have you noticed how he speaks to us in different ways? Notice his name. His name is Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. 
not holy soul or holy body. His name is Holy Spirit. So guess what language he speaks? A spirit language, a spiritual language. One time I was, I was hiking in Brazil, and as a Brazilian kid close to where Skip and Debbie live, we were hiking these, these mountains out in the, in the rainforest, and just crazy. And I knew there was all kinds of prophetic words over my life that I would grow up someday to be a man of God. And um, So I thought I was invincible. So I, I went with my friends, and we went hiking, and I said, let's climb on this side of the mountain this time with no, no equipment or anything. We're just going to crawl our way up to the top. And they said, go ahead. You're crazy, and we'll meet you on the other side. So I said, all right, I'll prove to them that I know how to, how to climb this, this mountain. So I'm climbing up like, as though I'm an expert, and I'm about 15 years old, and about halfway up, I'm pulling up on these cracks and grabbing the branches, and I get to a point where it's like, where do I go now? And I'm looking everywhere, and I can't find another branch, and I realize, oh, my goodness, I can't even go back now. I'm trying to, like, find something to step on, and I'm getting tired. I, I start freaking out a little bit, and I start asking for help. Help! There's nobody there to help me. My friends were on the other side. It's just the birds flying. <laughs> help! <laughs> No one there to help a brother. Couldn't call the cops. Couldn't call anybody. I was like, I'm in trouble. Start crying out to God. And God had my attention. God, help me. Me, me. Lord, are you there? There, there, there. <laughs> more birds. After a few moments, I start freaking out. Like, I am stupid. <laughs> what were you thinking? And um, I, I start cutting deals with God. God, if, if you save me from this one, I promise I'll serve you. I'll even be a missionary if you need me to. <laughs> and um, I didn't hear a thing. And I'm losing, I'm losing strength in my hands and my body sweating. I'm going into this panic. And, uh, like, if I fall from this, this height, I'm going to die. And I'm praying. I'm crying out to God. And I'm crying like a little baby. Finally, I heard a voice on the inside, like a thought. Let go and push back. Is anybody else in there? <laughs> I heard again. Let go and push back. And that voice sounded just like me. It was like my own thought. But it was a different thought. And I had no other options. So I closed my eyes, I let go, and I pushed back. Instantly, I heard another thought, it's going to hurt. <laughs> I believe the angels kind of guided my fall because I fell from at least 10 feet. No, just kidding. I fell from, from however high it was. And I fell through these branches and trees and rocks, and I landed in a brook that was about two feet wide and about two feet deep. And I landed perfectly in that water. <laughs> and I'm submerged. I'm underwater, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. I think I just lost all my limbs right here. Am I even alive? And I sit up, and I'm like, I don't even want to look. Is my arm still there? <sighs> I've got one. I've got two. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And other than a few scratches and bruises, the Lord has spared me. He had saved me. He rescued me. And I began to recognize that God actually speaks to me. And in this case, it was through a thought. I didn't hear an audible physical voice, but I heard the voice of God in my mind, in my heart. Now notice again, his name is the Holy Spirit. 
and he speaks a spirit language. But why is it so unique to all of us? Now, it's interesting because we are created in the image of God, spirit, soul, and body. Our spirit, that's the epicenter of us. That's the real us. And then we have a soul dimension, which is our mind, our will, our emotions, our imagination. That's in the soul realm, correct? And then we got the physical body. This one right here started with more hair back in the day. Kind of like that good-looking dude right there. Long hair. I'm like, hey. But along the way, wrinkles and different things happen. And, but that's not the real me, the one that I see in the mirror. In the soul realm, we have our mind, intellect, our will our desires, our emotions. When the Holy Spirit begins to speak to us, he actually speaks directly to our spirit, man, which is in koinonia with him all the time. So even though you might be tired right now, maybe even taking a nap while I'm preaching physically, your spirit is still awake. And the Holy Spirit continues to speak to your spirit, man. And what's interesting is because there's this connection, your spirit and your soul, all of a sudden now, you hear from the Holy Spirit, but as it goes through your soul, man, sometimes it's through your mind, sometimes you feel something, sometimes you sense something, sometimes you see something, and God will speak to us, and we shouldn't compare ourselves amongst ourselves, because as the Holy speaks, so maybe as the Holy Spirit speaks to us, maybe it's unique Maybe to your spouse, she does get that revelation, my brother, and you get one word. Or maybe you get a picture. Sometimes our wives, our spouse, maybe they get a feel. I just got a sense. By the way, brothers, there's five senses, naturally speaking. Women have a sixth one, right? They got the sixth one. But anyway, that's another conversation. Um, the Holy Spirit, when he speaks, he speaks into our spirit, man, which goes through our soul, man. And by the time it comes to our awareness, oftentimes he sounds just like, you. Think about it. Because we're looking for a voice to say, Bob, Bob, Bob. I am God, God, God. Oh, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. But as the Holy Spirit begins to speak to us, oftentimes we don't recognize his voice because we think it's just us. Or maybe that pepperoni pizza we had last night, where did that come from? Man, I'm getting all these kinds of thoughts and Learning how to recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit as we, in a few moments as we pray, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to just sharpen our ears to hear him more clearly. That we can recognize, because it, sometimes it will be a thought, sometimes it could be an impression or a feeling or even a picture. Either way, he is always talking. He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Are you with me so far? But I praise God that God continues to speak. He's speaking to us all the time. He wants to engage us in that conversation. He wants to include us in this dialogue every day, all the time. When God speaks, however, there is a posture that we should have. When God continues to speak to us, how should we respond to him? Well, the first thing was recognizing that it's him talking. That's the first thing. I'm going to give you quick, three very quick thoughts on when God speaks, how, how should we respond? What, what should we know about this? First thought right here. When God speaks, know this. God's going to fulfill his word. If he says it over you, you got to know this. You can take it to the bank. God will fulfill his word. If he's declared it over you, you can take it to the bank. He's going he's gonna to bring it about. It's going to happen. Isaiah says it like this. In Isaiah 55, it says, It is the same with my word. I send it out, and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all that I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere that I send it. Another version would say, The word of God does not come back or return void or empty. 
When God speaks his word, it always hits the target. Always, 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 always. Now, the word of God may not make sense to you right now. The timing of God may not make sense to you right now. Even these prophetic words that we heard today, some of it was confirmational. People were like, man, those prophets are reading our books. And like, man, this is so God. And then there's some things that perhaps don't make sense right now. But as we continue to live out this thing called life, in time all of a sudden it's like, wow, now there's clarity. Now this makes sense. The timing of God is perfect. I had this one young lady come to me and says, Pastor, I... I feel like the Lord wants me to get married. I said, that, sound, that sounds all right. And I found the one that God has for me. I'm like, okay, do your parents know about it? And she's like, my parents? I'm like, honey, you're 14. <laughs> he might be the right one for you. It just ain't the right time right now. So we got to help you grow up in your faith and whatnot. And they didn't get married, by the way, so that wasn't the word of the Lord. God's, God's word oftentimes won't make sense to you right now, but his timing is always perfect. And uh, when, when God speaks, you know that he's going to fulfill it, but it's likely not going to look the way that you had imagined it. God loves to surprise us. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? By the way, can I just kind of like let you in on how we do things in San Francisco? We say it like this, that a, a quiet church is a dead church. So I know you guys are like taking it in like, man, that guy is so anointed. Look at that bald head. But um, don't be distracted by that. If you agree with your brother, just say amen. amen. And you can say, go ahead. Go ahead. Stuff like that. Hollow at your boy, whatever you want to do. But as I'm preaching, feel free to preach with me here. And just got a few moments together. God's timing is perfect and his will is perfect. 1 Corinthians 2, 9, it says, No eye has seen and no ear has heard and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those that who love him. Even at your best, even on your best day, you couldn't have dreamt of the great things that God has for you. His word is perfect. His timing is perfect. And you won't be able to figure it out on your own. He loves to surprise us. And when you step into it, you go, wow, God, this is even better than what I had imagined. That's how good God is. So listen, when God speaks his word, you can understand this. He's going to fulfill it. But then there's a second thought here. When God speaks the word, someone say, hater is going to hate. Hater is going to hate. The devil is a hater. And the enemy here, the second thought is that the enemy is going to try to resist that word. He's going to resist the word. And from, from the Old Testament all through the New Testament, you see the devil. He is the opposer. He is the opponent. He is the enemy of God's people. He always tries to intercept and, and hinder the word of God from being fulfilled. He's going to try to resist it. But we know that, that that's, that's, that's his play. That's, that's what he does. I'm going to give you three words that he oftentimes uses when the word of God comes forth. The first one is the word doubt. When God speaks his word, moments later, oftentimes doubt kind of creeps in. Hey, where did that come from? Man, someone was playing that organ. I'm just a sucker. They were playing that organ. I just fell. I was, just, I was compelled to say yes to this word, but it was just manipulation. No, it wasn't. Maybe you're in the church service and you're like, man, they got the better of me because my emotions were tender. And I, like, I broke down and I thought I heard from God, but it was just hype. And the enemy begins to throw doubt. Remember in the garden? I mean, the first exchange, by the way, Eve, come on, girl. If you're walking down the street and you see this tree and all of a sudden a snake starts talking to you, say what? Like, girl, snakes don't talk. That should have been clue number one. Walk away from the tree right now. Something's not right with this. Huh. Some of you girls think I'm hating on you. Listen. 
When God actually gave the instruction, don't eat of the tree, Eve hadn't even, even been born yet. And all the ladies said? So God, God told Adam, Eve hadn't been created yet. So either he was already pouring communication way back in the day. Huh, huh, don't eat from that one tree. Or he wasn't protecting her. Either way, he dropped the ball. And the, and the serpent says this, did God really say? He began to question the word of God. Doubt. It's just one example. There's so many scriptures and examples of that through, through the Bible. Here's another one. When the enemy tries to, to, uh, to resist the word of God in your life, he'll bring all kinds of distractions. We could use the word decoys. He'll try to distract you from the purposes of God. Maybe God has something great for you, and yet you settle for just good. Good is the enemy of great. God has great things in store for us. Don't settle for anything less than what God has for you. Ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what is distracting me right now? It could even be good things. Is it, is it the word of God, though? And then the third one, and I think it applies to many of us here today, is the word discouragement. The word discouragement, where you know you heard from God and you're confident that he spoke to you, but things aren't playing out the way that you had imagined or dreamt. It's like, wait a minute, I got a word from the Lord, but why is this happening now? Did the prophets miss it? Or I, I read my devotional the other day and I felt like God highlighted this verse to me. Why is it that things aren't playing out? And you're trying to do good. It says that even the youth grow tired and faint, but strength comes to those who what? Wait on the Lord. But discouragement happens. Do you remember um, Matthew chapter 3? It says that Jesus, he, he went to his cousin John the Baptist to be baptized. Remember that passage? To fulfill all prophecy, there's Jesus. He gets dunked, and he comes out of the water, and all of a sudden he hears audibly a voice. And it's the Father speaking. And here's the deity of God, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, all three in one place. And the Father says this, well done. This is my Son that I love, and in him I'm well pleased. The father is saying, that's my boy right there. If, 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 in our, if it were in our day and age, if it were me talking to my boys, J-Dog, what's up? This is my boy. I love you, son. I'm so pumped with you right here. That's the way we talk. That's the way we get down. If God were talking, you get the idea. He's saying, this is, this is my son, y'all. Listen, everybody. This is my son. And it's like the spirit of God rested upon Jesus like a bird. Again, you ready? God just showing his boy some love, says, this is my son. Listen to him. The, Jesus heard that. The crowds, they all heard that. Guess who else heard it? Someone said the devil. Yeah, the devil heard it too. The devil. But John the Baptist, he, he heard it. But notice when you go to Luke chapter 7, John the Baptist now, he's, he's locked up. Doubt begins to creep in his head. He's discouraged because things aren't playing out the way that perhaps he had imagined. Even to the point where he begins to question, is he the Messiah or not? And he sends his disciples, his messengers to go ask Jesus, are you the guy or not? Discouragement happens to all of us. You can love God with all of your heart, but sometimes, even as we get, we get tired, sometimes we get a little discouraged. And the enemy loves to just send little assignments of discouragement to keep you down. It happens. 
happened to John the Baptist. It happens to pastors. It happens to prophets. We fight discouragement from time to time. Are you with me so far? Maybe today you're in the house of the Lord and you love Jesus. But maybe you feel just a little down, a little discouraged. You're happy that these people got prophetic words. But, Lord, I'm, man, it's been a grind. Things haven't played out the way that I had hoped for. And I'm just tired right now. And you can allow your heart to become a little discouraged. Recognize that this, this is the enemy working overtime to keep the word of the Lord from being fulfilled and materialized in your life. Then the third thought is this. So when God speaks, know that he's going to fulfill it. Know that the devil, the enemy is going to try to resist it. And the third thought is this. When God speaks, we must trust and obey his word. Even when it doesn't make sense. And it rarely does. We got to trust him and we got to obey him. And I give you all kinds of examples through scriptures how time and time again the people heard from God and just did not make sense. You want me to go where? where? Towards the Red Sea? You want, me, you want me to do what? Lead this church through the Jordan River? You want me to do what? Time and time again. But we got to trust and we got to obey. I'm going to leave you with this one verse, Hebrews eleven six. 6. It says this, that it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him, they must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely or diligently seek him. Even when it doesn't feel good, even when it doesn't make sense, even when, when it's like, man, this is illogical. It makes no sense at all. Lord, I'm going to take you at your word because my mind is tripping a little bit right now. My emotions are getting the better of me right now. But, Lord, I'm going to take you at your word. And I love, I love what Scripture says that fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. If he's the author, if he's the starter, he's also the finisher of our faith. I don't put confidence in my faith. I don't put confidence in my strength, but I, I put a confidence on the word of the Lord that he who began a good work is faithful to complete it. I want to invite you to, to stand to your feet and allow me to pray. And I love the prophetic ministry, but how many of you know the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and he wants to talk to you. He wants to speak his word to you. And I'm just believing that today a couple things are going to happen. Those of you that feel a bit discouraged, I, I believe that God's going to come and just kind of breathe upon discouragement and drive that away from some folks today. Not only that, but I believe that God wants to open our ears to hear a little more clearly. That the frequency might be tuned in. That we might hear and recognize. It says that his sheep, they know his voice. We want to know his voice. We want to recognize it. So with your eyes wide open, you don't even have to bow your heads. Let's keep it real like this. If you feel like you've been a bit discouraged lately, I'm not saying that you've walked away from God, but you just feel a little tired and discouraged. Like, man, things haven't played out the way that I had hoped. And I just feel a little discouraged today with your eyes wide open. Just raise your hand right where you're at all throughout the auditorium. See, I told you, all throughout it happens. Let me pray this over you first. Father, you see every hand. Lord, you see every heart. But God, I thank you that you are faithful. And God, you who began a good work, you are faithful to complete it in us. In the name of Jesus, I come against discouragement today. I command discouragement to go in the name of Jesus even now. I declare a new day. I declare a new beginning, a turning of the page, a new chapter. Lord, beginning in each of our lives, even today. Discouragement, bow to the name of Jesus now in Jesus' name. We're done with you, discouragement. We say go. Pick up your bags and leave this place. We speak freedom. We speak the joy of the Lord that is our strength even today. God, I pray that you continue, Lord, to infuse encouragement into every heart, into every mind. Lord, even dreams that have been buried in days and times past. 
God, I pray that you'd breathe life upon those dreams, those things that you've placed in our hearts, those seeds. Even today, let there be a freshness. Let there be, Lord, a, a new release, a new resetting in the name of Jesus. As it says in Psalms, why so downcast, O oh my soul? Put your hope in God. God, we put our hope in you today. God, we fix our eyes on you today. Jesus, we fix our eyes on you today. You are our champion. Lord, we thank you that in you, Lord, we're whole, we're strengthened. We're made new in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I want all of us to just place our, our hands on our ears. This is symbolic. These are our physical ears, but it's, it, it symbolizes hearing the voice of God. Watch this. Holy Spirit, even now, pray that you would fine-tune our ears to hear your voice clearly, that we would recognize the promptings of your Holy Spirit. Even from this moment forward, God, let there be clarity, clarity to recognize your voice, clarity. Lord, we, we thank you that, Lord, Lord, we're not going to put you in a box to say how you should speak to us. Lord, we trust you that you will speak to us. Allow us, God, to recognize your voice and to hear you clearly. Open our ears now in the name of Jesus. Open our ears now. Even this afternoon, I pray that you would speak to your people. Even tonight, speak to your people. Let there be clarity, I pray. Clarity, I pray, in the name of Jesus. One more closing prayer. You can bring your hands down. We do this with our church in San Francisco every week. Every week, people are getting right with God. Every week, people are getting saved. Maybe you came to church today, and you've been distant from God. Maybe you and God aren't right today, but somehow, someway, you came to church. I don't know how you found us, but you're here today. I don't think that that's an accident. I don't think it's a coincidence. I believe that God's been drawing you because he loves you. And maybe one of two scenarios have played out in your life. Maybe number one, maybe you've never given him the opportunity to be the designated driver in your life. And you've been calling all the shots. And you find yourself today saying, you know what, I'm frustrated. I just can't do this anymore. I need God to help me. Maybe that's your story. Or perhaps the second scenario, maybe at some point in your journey you did. You invited him into your life. But life happened. Things got busy. I don't know what played out in your life. But you find yourself distant from God today. Maybe you care about him, but he's not the one driving your life. And you say, you know what? I'm not right with him. Praise God that God is a God of new beginnings and second chances. Maybe that's your story. I want to encourage you to get right with God today. I'm going to lead us in this prayer. And I believe that if you believe this in your heart, wherever you're at, God is going to hear your prayer. As we pray collectively, he's going to hear your prayer today. And he's going to bring you into this new chapter of this journey called life. Of trusting him and walking with him. Can we pray this prayer together? Matter of fact, if you're saying, you know what, I want to I wanna get right with God today. Would you raise your hand right where you're at? Thank you. Over here, thank you. Anybody else on this side? Thank you, sir. Thank you, young man. Thank you, sis. Over here on this side. Say, I want to get right with God. Amen. Thank you. A couple more hands coming up. Thank you. Over here. Anybody on this side? Say, I want to get right with God today. Let's pray this prayer together. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for coming after me. Today I open my heart. I invite you into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I repent of my sins and my selfish ways. I surrender fully to you. Jesus, thank you for giving me a fresh start. Help me now to live for you and to make a difference in someone else's life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, let's tell our friends we pray that how much we appreciate them. Amen. God bless you guys.